So many Christians feel tremendous guilt for the level of anxiety they struggle with on a daily basis. You need to realize that you haven't sinned when anxiety hits, but you could sin by the way you address it when it hits. Jesus provides helpful clarity. It's time to go the second mile in redirecting anxiety. Hey, this is Travis Sagney. Thank you for joining me for the Second Mile Podcast, where we seek to live out the words of Jesus from Matthew 5, 41. He says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go the second mile, as we want to follow Jesus as closely as we can. And that's why today I want to talk to you about redirecting anxiety. Now, uh, it is uh, August, and means that for some of you, um, kind of the summer is over, or nearing uh, being over. And so whether you are uh, a student getting ready to go back to school, or you're a parent getting your kids ready to go back to school, or maybe Maybe you're just getting ready to a new season, whatever. Uh, we live in a time that is full of reasons to keep us anxious. There are personal reasons. You might have family reasons. Um, there are plenty of uh, national and world reasons that would cause you to fear and cause for anxiety to hit. And there really are two extremes of which I want to uh, hopefully redirect ourselves off of. Um, number one is to somehow think that anxiety is just somehow uh, something you can't help. Um, and that in some ways uh, that you just think that, well, this is just who I am. This is how God made me. And this is just an area that I struggle with that you don't put up a fight. Uh, and that that's not a helpful approach. We, we got to do something better. But on, on the other end, uh, I want everybody to at least be aware that there are differing levels of anxiety. Yes, there will be people who struggle with it in deeper or more consistent ways than others. But even if yours may not be as blatant uh, as another, we have to seriously address that anxiety is a serious, uh, sometimes offense towards God. Now, not in the, the initial feeling or when, when something happens that you feel overwhelmed, but the way that you respond does say something about your theology, what you believe about God. It does say something about your identity, who you believe you are uh, in relationship to Him. And so I, I want to make sure that you know that if you are more, uh, you, you struggle with anxiety more than someone else, or it just kind of comes and goes, or sometimes it comes in waves, or you're one of these people who thinks, well, I'm not as bad as someone else. Do you have the type of uh, faith that knows that even if your troubles are great, that your God is greater? And if you can maintain that perspective and do these two particular things that I want to teach you today, I think you probably can help yourself redirect anxiety when it does come upon you, even if it's unexpected in your life. Many of us experience moments of distress or uh, seasons of sorrow. That's kind of typical. And uh, some of us live with constant anxiety or maybe struggle struggle with regular depression. Uh, there are those different people who just want again. It's, it's it's something that happens very often. And uh, and in and, and the same way that some people are, uh, I believe that we're all born into sin. But I believe that every single one of us comes in with just bent towards uh, different sinful leanings than other people. Well, as Christians, when it comes to the area of anxiety that can typically 
typically lead to depression. And I will say this, a lot of times people throw those things together. I know people who struggle with anxiety that don't go into depression. I know some people who struggle with depression that aren't necessarily anxious, but there are those where those two things seem like they're at least uh, cousins. They, they come along together, right? But as Christians, when, when people we struggle with anxiety or depression, we often can put guilt on top of those struggles because we feel like we have failed when those feelings appear. And you know very well that feelings, you're not necessarily responsible for how they feel. Sometimes you wake up happy. Sometimes you wake up sad. You might be uh, more uh, fearful than others. And there's just feelings. And some of uh, things we can embrace and further and somehow deepen, maybe in a dangerous way. But sometimes just feelings are feelings. Like you, you can't, uh, I, I can't really explain sometimes why I feel certain ways other than other days, right? I, I think we have to really let ourselves off the hook a little bit that when we have feelings of anxiety that we haven't necessarily sinned. I don't believe that uh, I've failed when anxiety hits, but I believe I can fail when I mishandle that anxiety. It's just like any other temptation, and this may be hard for us to consider, but just uh, go with me for a second. If, if an object of temptation flashes before my eyes, right, I haven't sinned yet. It's not the first glance, but it's the lingering thought or the continual progress towards the action. That's where the sin is, right? So if if there's an issue of greed, well, if somebody comes across me with a car that I just think I desperately need, well, I haven't sinned because that car passed through me. I've started to sin when I start consuming my thoughts and obsessing at it. It's not the first glance. It's the lingering. In the same way, we know that this life is full of trouble, right? Uh, Jesus said that in John 16, 33. So when trouble hits, I don't think you're responsible for those initial feelings of sorrow or fear or anxiety. They're just a part of being human. But it is what you do with those feelings that I believe determines your success. What may seem crazy to you, um, did you know that when Jesus was on the earth, even he got overwhelmed? Now, we got to be really careful the words we use here, but I believe that Scripture teaches that God in the flesh got overwhelmed. He was grieved. He was sorrowful. And I believe it's okay to actually say here he's anxious. It was at the moment. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew the cross was nearing. He was going to stand in the way of God's wrath for us, fully aware of all that that entailed, Right? He was overwhelmed. He was described in Mark uh, 14, 33 as greatly distressed. Matthew 26, 37 says he was sorrowful and troubled. Um, he even admitted he was so sorrowful he was at the point of death from Matthew 26, 38. His stress was so great that he actually sweat drops of blood. Uh, Luke 22:44, which is modern medicine would describe later as hematidrosis, a condition in which a person sweats blood due to extreme agony. So if Jesus got that overwhelmed... Is it okay to repeat his example? Well, only if you follow his example all the way through. Because yes, he got um, overwhelmed. Yes, he got the place where he was sweating drops of blood. Yes, he got the place where scripture says he was distressed, sorrowful, troubled at the point of death. But what he did with those feelings is the key to success. It's not just saying that because of fear and anxiety settles in that you have a free pass to embrace those dangerous or unhealthy feelings. What he did next is the key to success, and I believe what you and I must do whenever and when it will happen when anxiety comes into our own lives.
So what is it? What did Jesus do when his anxiety came, when he saw the situation that was rising and he felt sorrowful, distressed, and to the point of death? Here are the two things. He drew near to his God and he drew near to his friends. He went to a customary place where he liked to pray in Luke 22, 39. He brought three of his closest friends with him, as is seen in Mark 14, 33. He asked them to pray, Matthew 26, 43, 41. He fell on his face and he pleaded with God. He drew near to God and he drew near to those closest to him. Those are the two steps. Draw near to God, draw near to some good friends. And after asking God if there was another way numerous times yet submitting to the plan, Jesus rose with a different demeanor that he entered the garden. After this time of prayer, he almost seems determined, calm, and somehow even in control. Now, what's crazy about this is the next few hours of his life, he doesn't seem overwhelmed or distressed or sorrowful. Why? Because he did two approaches. He approached God and he drew near some friends that he believed could should come alongside with him. Now, we know they didn't do exactly what they needed to, but the process is what we need to learn from. How did Jesus go? From desiring encouragers around him to pray for him, uh, while his agonizing soul is like sweating drops of blood, and then all of a sudden he turns to this defiant towards these religious and political leaders and has this calm and collected demeanor who seems somehow in control of his own trial and execution. What did he do? What changed? Well, the situation hadn't changed. In fact, it started picking up the intensity. There were more people and more enemies around him. At the point where he was overwhelmed, no one was around except for close friends. But now he's in the presence of his enemies, people trying to put him to death, and he seems calm. How could that be? Because his anxiety led him to do two things that you and I must remember. Jesus sought God, and he sought some good friends. Even though the friends didn't do what he wanted them to do, it was still enough. So, so this is my question. So if we come down to it, what is the best way for, for us to approach? Well, when anxiety comes into my life or anxiety comes into your life, how should we respond? I believe that Jesus' example is the way to go. So when something happens in your life today, right, um, this is going to be released on Wednesday, August the 3rd, and I've got things on my calendar that I'm hoping to do. But I also know this life well enough to know that something's going to catch me by surprise, right? Something's going to happen of which I didn't see coming, and anxiety is going to rise up within me. And I'm going to have these thoughts, and I'm going to be anxious. And instead of talking to God about the problems, I'm going to be talking to myself and just kind of rehashing thoughts in my head over and over again. But what is Jesus' example is that when anxiety hits, when I feel overwhelmed by the circumstances, when that piece of news completely just turns me over and I go, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? I want to be like Jesus. I want to seek, I want to seek the Lord, and I want to seek some good friends. Is it okay to be anxious? Is it unchristian to struggle with the things of this life? Well, Jesus seemed to deal with the agony and the suffering of this life. And I really do believe that his example can provide direction for us today. Uh, you probably, before this day is over, is go- are going to receive some type of news or experience some type of situation at work or at school or at your home or just watching the news, my goodness, turn it off, that, that's going to cause anxiety to rise in you. And and I'm just going to say this, as a pastor, as someone who follows Jesus, you probably, before this day is over, will have good reason to feel anxious today. Your stress is probably going to be very substantial, but what you do when it hits 
will show the, the content of your character and your faith in God. What should you do? Pray and get some friends to pray with you. You're not alone. So when anxiety hits today, I want to encourage you to talk to the Lord about your struggles and at least call one other friend that can walk alongside and pray for you as you struggle as well. I hope to see you on the second mile.